If you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me. I'm reading 2 Samuel, the 14th chapter, the 29th and the 30th and the 31st verses. Therefore Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but he would not come unto him. And when he had sent again the second time, he would not come. Therefore he said unto his servants, See, Joab's field is near mine, and he hath barley there. Go and set his field on fire. And Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came unto Absalom and unto his house, and said unto him, Wherefore has thy servant set my field on fire? I want you to get a picture with me tonight. Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but he wouldn't come. Absalom sent again the second time, but Joab wouldn't come. And Absalom sent again the third time, and he still wouldn't come. And Absalom said, There's only one way I'll get Joab to come. He looked out his window and he saw Joab's barley fields waving in the sunlight. He said to his servant, said, you go set fire to that barley field. And when that barley field goes to burning, said, old Joab will come a run. So he went out and he put fire to the barley field. And Joab arose and shook himself and run to Absalom's house and said, Absalom, Absalom, my God, Absalom, why didn't you tell me what you was going to do? Why didn't you tell me, Absalom, that you was going to set my barley fields on fire? And Absalom said, Joab, I sent for you once, and you wouldn't come, and I sent twice, and you wouldn't come, and I sent the third time, and you wouldn't come, and there was only one way I could get you here, and that's take something you dearly love. There's a lot of people under the sound of my voice tonight, God has sent for you once, God has sent for you twice and three times. Some of you God has sent for thirty and forty times, but you stopped your ears to the voice of God, and you haven't listened to God. But let me tell you something, one of these times God's going to set fire to your barley field. You're going to run to the side of the baby's bed, you're going to find the baby cold and dead. You're going to wake up one morning and find an old cancer that's eating your life away. You're going to wake up one of these nights and find the house is on fire. Everything you've got has been burnt up. Why? Because God has called you and you've closed your ears to the voice of God. And there's only one way that God can get you to come, and that's to take something you dearly love. I'm going to be plain because the Bible's plain. Nobody backslides all at once. You do it gradually. You grow cold in your soul. Listen to me. The Bible said that the kings went to battle, but David stayed at home. David's first sin, he was lazy. He didn't do what he ought to do. Then David did another dirty, sneaking trick. Let me tell you something. If you could just sin once and quit it, it wouldn't be so bad. But if you do one thing, one thing will lead to another and another to another until you commit a sin unto death, until you sin against God. David did another dirty trick. He stuck his nose over his neighbor's wall in his neighbor's business. I told you I was going to be plain because the Bible's plain. And the Bible said he saw his neighbor's wife taking a bath. The Bible said he lusted for her. The Bible said he sinned for her. The Bible said when they had conceived and she was with a child, she sent unto David and said, David, I'm with a child. I can see old David as he laid on his bed at night. And he thought, God, I have committed sin, but nobody caught me. Nobody saw me. God said, David, listen to me. Didn't I crown you king? David, haven't I been good to you? David, haven't I blessed you? David, haven't I given you everything? David said, yes, God. 
God said, David, get out of that bed and get out on your knees and ask me to forgive you for committing adultery, and I will. David said, no, this is my sin. They'll never catch me. Nobody saw me take the Hittite's wife. I committed adultery and got away with it. Nobody will ever catch me. But let me tell you, somebody did catch him. God caught him. God saw him when he took the Hittite's wife. God saw him when he committed adultery. God knew all about it. Let me tell you something. God knows every sin you've ever committed. God knows every lie you've ever told. God knows every time you run around with some other woman that isn't your wife. God knows about it. Your wife may not know about it. The pastor may not know about it. The people in the church may not know about it. But let me tell you something tonight. God saw you when you committed adultery. God sees everything you ever do. God knows everything you ever do. Let me tell you something tonight. One little unconfessed, one little unforsaken sin will not get by God. I said will not get by God. If one little sin gets by God unconfessed or unforsaken, the whole word of God is a lie, and I'd never want to live for God anymore. Brother, if one little sin can get by God, then that word is a curse and not the truth. Brother, every sin will have to be confessed. The Bible said to confess and forsake your sins. But the Bible said if you don't confess them and you don't forsake them, then judgment will follow. I said judgment will follow. David didn't confess his sins, but he laid on his bed and he argued with God. And listen, let me show you what he done. Then he did another dirty sneaking trick. He sent and he got the Hittite and he brought him back. And he tried to get the Hittite to go in and sleep with his wife. So he'd think that was his child. But the Hittite was so loyal that he slept on the doorstep. When David saw that nothing else had worked, he said, I'll get rid of the Hittite. I'll have him killed. So he wrote a letter and he said, Joab, when the battle goes against you, put the Hittite in the heart of the battle and let him be killed. Then I'll take his wife for my wife, that child for my child, and my sins will be covered and buried, and nobody will ever catch me, and I'll have the Hittite's wife, and I'll have that baby, and the Hittite will be out of the way, and I'll still be king. But God saw him when he planned it. Listen, it would have been far better if he just took a gun and went out and shot the Hittite. There's a lot of people that never kill anybody directly, but they murder them just the same. I said they murder them just the same. They take their lives just the same. So he wrote the letters. The Hittite carried his own death warrant back to Joab. When the battle went against him, he took the Hittite and put him in the heart of the battle, and the Hittite was killed. David took Bathsheba for his wife, that child for his child. And I can see old David as he sat on his throne and said, Boy, I sure got away with that slick. I committed adultery. I lied. I got a man drunk. I had him And all of my sins are best. They'll never catch me. I'm king. I'm sitting on the throne, and the Hittite's wife is my wife, and that child is my child, and nobody ever caught me. Let me tell you something. God caught him. God saw him. There's a payday coming. Sit there and laugh with a smirk on your face if you want to, but there's a payday coming for everything you've ever done. God will catch you. You can get up and walk out of this tent tonight and say, oh, listen to him. 
But you remember the words I said as you go out the door, the strength is a payday coming. God knows your sins. God knows what you've done. And he won't put up with unconfessed, unforsaken sin. David sat on the throne, but let me tell you what happened. David's child became sick and laid for eight days and eight nights between life and death. David didn't wash his face and he didn't anoint his head, but he, he laid and he prayed and he didn't eat. And finally, after eight days and eight nights, the child died. They came in and they touched David on the shoulder and said, David, we've got bad news for you. The child's dead. David got up and washed his face and anointed his head and went in and sat down at the table and said, Bring me something to eat. They said, David, we was afraid to tell you the child was dead because you grieved so much when it was sick. We thought maybe when we told you it was dead, you'd really grieve. But instead of that, you've washed your face and you've anointed your head and you're sitting down eating. David said, I can't bring the child to me as all I can do is go to the child. But that isn't really what he said. You want me to tell you really what he said? He said, my sins are paid for. The child's dead. I paid my debt to God. But brother, he hadn't paid his debt to God. David's son committed adultery with his sister. That was the adultery that David committed. David's brother murdered his uh, David's son murdered his brother. That was the murder that David committed. And in the end, the one that David loved so well, Absalom, was killed. And David stood and cried, Absalom, Absalom, my God, Absalom, with God that I could have died in your stead. Why did God take me? I can't stand anymore of it. The punishment's too great. Why did God kill me? I'm the one that killed the Hittite. I'm the one that committed adultery. You know what was the matter with old David? God was burning his body. Somebody said, how can a kind, sweet, gentle, merciful God do a thing like that. God said unconfessed and unforsaken sin will be judged. You can't plant corn and look for wheat, brother. If you plant corn, you're going to reap corn. If you plant adultery, if you plant lying, if you plant stealing, if you plant those things, you're going to reap them things in your life. There's a sowing and reaping day. I know some of you say, you can't scare me. You can't scare me. I would to God, I wish I could scare you. I wish I could open up your eyes tonight and show you that God's about ready to set fire to some of your barley fields. I believe God's sick of the sin in Washington, D.C. The adulterers, the whoremongers, the drunkenness, and the terrible things that are going on in this city. I believe God stood about all he can stand. I believe God's about ready to burn Washington, D.C.'s barley fields. You think God loves to whip you? Do you love to whip your children? Of course you don't. 
I've seen a daddy say to his child, Son, if you don't tell daddy the truth at 12 o'clock, daddy's going to have to really give you a whip. That daddy's hoping and praying that child will come and say, Daddy, I've lied. I fell short. Forgive me, Dad. I've seen daddies walk in and slip up to the clock and open the face of it and take their hands and pull them back 15 minutes, hoping and praying if they give that child 15 minutes more, it would come and say, Daddy, I'm wrong. But, brother, when that clock strikes 12 o'clock, that daddy's got to do what he told that child to do. God don't delight in whipping you, but God warns you. and said, if you don't confess your sins, then I'll burn your barley fever. God's extended the time again and again. You've laid on your bed at night and you've had God come and wake you up and say, Seek my face, child. And you said, Not tonight, but later on. Not tonight, but later on. Next week, God. Next month, God. Next year, God. And next month and next week and next year never gets here. You're just putting God off. Brother, if God's a merciful God and God's a kind God and God's a good God, God's a God of judgment, you can't have daylight without having darkness. If God's a merciful God, then He's going to be a God of judgment. How can He be merciful? God's a kind God and a good God and a tender God. He's got to be a God of judgment to be tender to watch to save you from that judgment. How many believe that? Say amen. I was in a revival meeting in a little old town of Broken Bowl, Oklahoma. One night as I finished preaching and gave the altar call, a woman jumped up in the back of the church said, My God, look, the house is on fire. There's heaven. The hell is burning. The baby. For God's sake, the baby, the baby. And her husband turned around and grabbed her and shook her and said, What's the matter with you? She said, Didn't you see it? He said, See what? She said, Didn't you see the house was on fire? There was our little girl, Helen, with her head out the window and her hair burning and her clothes burning. The baby was in the house. said, Oh, husband, let's go to that altar and get right with God. He said, Get right with God, nothing. said, We're young people. said, Young people don't miss to God. said, Wait till we get old and then we'll talk about it. He said, I want you to get out of this holy roller church and I'm never going to bring you to another one of these churches as long as I live. He said, These stories that preacher tells just working on your nerves. And he jerked her from the building. Going down the road towards home, the woman stopped and let out another scream and said, Look! 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 The house is burning! Helen! Helen! The baby! The baby! And he turned her around and he slapped her. And he said, Snap out of it! What's the matter with you? He said, Don't you ever mention church to me? She said, Honey, let's go back. Something's telling me we ought to go back and get right with God. He said, shut up. He said, we never leave those babies for one minute and you know it. He said, how could that house get on fire and us not know it? Listen, the next day they put out a washing and they boarded some neighbors' clothes lines a quarter of a mile away to hang up some of their clothes. Along late that evening as storms come up in Oklahoma, a storm came up.
The husband, not thinking, said, Quick, let's go get the clothes off of the lion before it starts raining. And they run across the field and began to take the clothes down off of the lion. While they were taking them down, there was a clash of lightning went across the sky and a roll of thunder. That lightning struck their house. That mother turned around and the house burst into flames. She cried the baby. They started running back towards the house. When they got about a hundred feet or maybe fifty feet from the house, there was a little twelve-year-old girl with her head out the window and her hair burning and her clothes burning. Screaming, Mama, the baby, the baby, Mama, the baby, the baby, Mama, the baby. Before they could get to the house, the house collapsed. Their three children were burned alive. Listen to me. I didn't give an altar call that night. I didn't even preach. The doors of that church opened and a man and a woman come running down the aisles and fell in the altar screaming and crying. I go down and I put my arms around them and tried to comfort them. They wept their way through to God. When they finished praying through, that man got up and looked at the pastor and said, My God, man, why did you make me pray? Why did you go get me and force me to this altar? Why did you tell me that was going to happen? He said, I would, God. I wished I could have forced you to pray. But you wouldn't listen to me, and you wouldn't listen to Brother Cole. You wouldn't listen to God. You can't play with God. You can't play with God. Oh, I know a lot of you are pointing to somebody else, but I'm talking even to Sunday school teachers. I'm talking to preachers in Washington, D.C. Brother, if you was ever once close to God, you better still be there tonight or close. If you ever walk once with God with the fullness of the blood and the joy in your heart, you better get back there. What are you in this thing for, for a living? What are you in this thing for, to do just to preach the gospel for a family? Are you in it because you have the burning zeal and the desire to see souls brought to God? I'm preaching to preachers too tonight. I've never preached this sermon, and Brother Morgan will tell you that even preachers' barley fields didn't burn. I preached this out in Los Angeles, California, and a preacher sit in my congregation and laughed at me. Three days later, he picked his child up out of an automobile wreck that he was in with both of its arms cut off. His wife blamed God and walked the pavement and blamed God and lost her mind, and they sent her to an insane asylum. Instead of the preacher praying through, he went out to the very same insane asylum, and the devil jumped on him, and today him and his wife are both in there. Sure, you can laugh at Jack Cole, but don't laugh at God. If you've got sin in your life tonight, for God's sake, get it out. Brother White that works around here with me, you've seen him. Preacher of the gospel at one time. Got so cold in his soul, he went in the nightclub business. Yeah, he did. Bought a booze joint and a dance hall. His house burnt down. The people that were working with him, one man killed himself. Listen to me. He went home one afternoon in the summertime, see his little girl playing in the fish pond, and he said, Honey, you ought not be playing in that fish pond and getting wet, you'll catch cold. By eleven o'clock that night, the little girl was dead. 
called her to the hospital and she died. Brother White will tell you it doesn't pay to play with God. He got out on his knees and kept God back in his heart again and asked God to forgive him. Tonight he's working with me preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, a lot less salary. But, brother, when God begins to burn your body for your salary, money, fame, or nothing means anything to you. God said if we judge ourselves, he said he wouldn't judge us. You know, it's hard to go away from home. I have six precious children. I got a little old red-headed girl named Joanna. She's just about three years old now, and she calls me little daddy. I don't know where she gets it, but I love to hear her say it. You won't know what I'm talking about if you've never had any children. But that little old thing, when I get ready to go, she'll come to the great big window we have in front of the house and put her little wet cheek and her little wet hands up against the window and say, Daddy's gone, gone. Daddy's gone, gone. Daddy's gone, gone. Sometimes it's been more that I could bear. I've run back in and grabbed her up in my arms and hugged her up against me, felt her little hands around my neck and her little wet cheek up against mine. And I've heard her say, Daddy, I love you, Daddy. Take me with you, Daddy, will you? Take me with you. And lots of times kneeling there with that little child in my arms, I've looked up and said, Oh, God, don't ever let me do anything that you'd have to burn my barley seed. God, if I've got anything in my life between me and you, God, let me confess it and forsake it. God, search me. God, do everything I like. I couldn't live without this darling child. I couldn't go on, God. And if we judge ourselves, God said, I'm just and able to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's only unforsaken sin, unconfessed sin that God will judge. I'm closing. I was in Bakersfield, California, and I preached this message one night. I feel it about like I feel it tonight. Brother Morgan will tell you I never like to preach this sermon. I try not to. Every time God tells me to preach it, something terrible happens. I preached this the night before the Kansas City flood. People laughed at me, but it happened. I saw people drown and scream and cry. I preached this before that great tornado in Waco, Texas. I preached the same sermon. Little Rock, Arkansas, and soon after the town on the outskirts were blown away. People were killed. I preached this the night before the Texas City explosion. And all them people were blown to bits. I don't like to preach it. But when God lays it on my heart, I have to. I'd rather preach to you about joy. But brother, you can't get joy as long as you've got buried sin in your life. I'm going to preach to you about healing. 
But you can't get healed when there's things buried in your life that you won't get away from. Bakersfield, I preached this message. And I came to the close of it, and a woman so stirred of God went home. The next morning at the breakfast table, she looked at her son and said, Son, I want to read you what Mother Coe preached on last night. He said, What was it, Mother? And she turned over there and read in Second Samuel. He sat there at the table and she said, Son, you're backslidden. Son, you've got a wife and a precious child. Son, I just felt like God wanted you to hear that message. Son, I'm repeating it for you. The boy smiled and said, Go ahead, Mother. You know I've always reverenced you. Mother, you know I've got confidence in your religion. Go ahead, Mother. And she told him about the sermon. Finally, after she'd finished, he said, I've got to go to work, Mom. He got up and he kissed her on the cheek and patted her on the gray hair and said, Mama, you know that I've got confidence in your religion. But he said, I think you're just a little stirred up. That message isn't for me. He said, you go tell that preacher that I don't have any barley fields that all mine sowed in wild oats and went out the door laughing. He went to work and I closed the meeting in Bakersfield and went on to Chico, California. And one day when I was in the church praying, getting ready for service, the telephone rang. Long distance from Bakersfield, I went in and picked up the phone. And a man cried over the phone, my God, pray. Pray, if you ever pray, pray, my body feels a burden, for God's sake, pray. And I said, what are you talking about? And then he told me, my mother heard you preach on God will burn your barley fields. I laughed and said, I didn't have any barley fields, but mine was sold in wild oats. He said, my little girl came down with polio today. They've got her in the iron lung and they only give her a few hours to live. My God, my barley fields are burning. For God's sake, pray. I told him I'd pray. I hung up the phone and called the church together, and we got in the altars and tried to pray, but we couldn't pray. Every word we prayed came back and hit us in the face. The heavens were brass. God said, Jack, quit praying. I'm burning the man's barley fields. I'm burning the man's barley fields. They took that little girl out of the iron lung, 12 years old, to let her rest for a few minutes. When they took her out, she began to scream, Mama, Daddy, where's my grandma? Get my grandma! You don't know how to play! Where's my grandma? Oh, my grandma! I want somebody to pray. I'm dying. Get my grandma! They said it took five people to hold that grandmother out of that contagious ward from running in there to that child. They put that child back in the iron lung, and in 30 minutes' time, she was dead. I'm warning you tonight. I don't know. I may even be preaching to somebody on the platform. I may be preaching to somebody in the congregation. But God told me to preach this message tonight. God's going to burn your body for you.